0: The rights, the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. And brought to you by BodyBio. Get 20% off Gut Plus or any other BodyBio product with code RTRS20 at BodyBio.com. Cornblow uh, & Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. And, of course, Stateside Urban Krav Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. Statesidevodka.com. On the show today, Sixers beat the Suns. Uh, Doc Rivers got Keith Pompey to write an article to make sure he doesn't get blamed for anything when he gets fired. (laughs) And since Mike is still out, we have resident Mike fill in and famous singer Amos Lee joining us, who is now home from the road, releasing a new album next week and dying for you to yell, hey, play me and Kyrie at him at his next live show. Um, What do I have for you? Oh, uh, before we get going. I do another podcast called the Carl Landry Record Club with our friend Mootlu. It is a music podcast, and we are doing a f- our first ever live uh, pod on the 19th of November at World Cafe Live, upstairs at World Cafe Live. Moot is going to do a full set, so you'll get that. Then we will get on stage, do a pod. He will do some covers for all of the music we talk about. And then he will close off with a sitcom theme song, Megamix. So come hang out with us. Tickets are 15 bucks in advance. You can get them at mootloosounds.com. And speaking of the 19th, I did mention Stateside Vodka, which I'm enjoying during the pod. Once a year, they release their Black Label Bourbon And there is a Black Label bourbon release party that very same day, November 19th, during the day at the distillery there in Philly at Stateside Vodka. It is noon to five. You can try and get the Black Label bourbon. And I'm going to do my best to stop by there earlier in the day. Just have to figure out what the fuck to do with Rebel beforehand. Stateside Vodka, you got to be 21 or older. Without any further ado, this guy, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy that just sang our intro song, he makes his return to the Ricky, our very own Amos Lee. I belong to this podcast. You do, You, <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned at a certain point, you have filled in for Mike more than any other person. You are the most gone to Ricky guest co-host there is in the universe. That's so. fantastic, I'm honored. And I'm a fan. I ask you, as you, first of all, we'll get into all your stuff, given you do have the uh, a new record, which is cool, which is a tribute slash cover record, which is coming out next week. We'll talk about that later. But as we speak of music, it is your voice on that you produce you did with Jaranolesky, your music director, our intro song. As you hear yourself singing, we were right over and over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> oh no, every every day I'm walking
1: when I listen to the pod, I'm like, fucking goddamn it. <laughs> Cause I remember you guys were kind of like you were litigating the 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 righteousness of the lyric at one point. And I know mm-hmm. that Mike was trying to get the song to get changed. And uh, you are sort of fighting for it, which I appreciate. Um, but uh, of course we weren't right. For a fucking <laughs> of course we weren't. <laughs> you know, how many more times do we have to be told how wrong <laughs> we actually were?
0: You know, I actually think my point to Mike and my point moving forward is every day that it looks like that we were wrong, or? Er, it makes the song better. Like the song gets cemented even more um, because I know I, we have a lot of opposing fans that listen. I know Raptors fans listen when the Sixers lose to the Raptors, and Celtics fans <laughs> listen when the Sixers lose to the Celtics. I know ridiculous. I, I could feel their shitting and grin when they hear the song, and I kind of like it. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, fuck them. And also, you know, I mean, it's part of our our the DNA of this fan base is like keep coming at us, bro. Like yeah. we're gonna be here through it all, um, but you know we were. So what if we weren't right? We and in, actually in when did Sam get fired? Uh, Sixteen. You know,
0: so in like twenty fourteen, we were right. We, we were all, <laughs> yeah, we were right at some point. So you know, I, I actually I feel like we have to start off with this because we were just told about it in the chat. Now, at one point, there was a uh, a Jeopardy uh, contestant who is a Ricky listener who mentioned the lottery party on the, uh, on Jeopardy, but did not say the name of the podcast. Mm. And we banned him forever. He was forever banned. Uh, but we got a report in the chat that it may have happened again. Uh, Um, uh, CJ, would you mind, uh, putting it up there? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, started off, but I want to hear the story of your banning as a result of your Jeopardy fame.
1: Yeah, as one of my anecdotes on my first run on Jeopardy, I referred to a Sixers uh, draft party event that's put on by a local podcast in Philadelphia. They have a rule of thumb. If you don't say the name of the podcast, you get a ban for life. I did not say the name
0: and I received a ban as a result. <laughs> Luckily, we are not so draconian here on Jeopardy. You're welcome here anytime. You can, uh, start- what the fuck? He didn't what say it fuck? again.
1: Is this, this isn't like a deep video <laughs> that you guys have made. <laughs> no, that, really,
0: that really just happened. Honey. He has uh, oh, since Jeff. he has since replied to uh, me, quote tweeting the video, and he said, "Won't hear it. Can't hear it because I'm banned." Wow, <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> Yeah. So good. Uh, that is Tyler Road. Well, congratulations, Tyler. You're still fucking banned. Um, so you uh, how you were touring, Amos, and we'll get into Sixers in a second, but you just got back from touring. You've been touring since what? Middle of the summer? Four or five months? Or longer uh, than
1: that? We started at the end of March. Okay. So it- we went pretty hard this year.
0: And it's a crazy like every every artist in the world who hadn't toured the two previous years is touring at once, which I'm sure creates a lot of uh, chaotic stuff. And then COVID floating around and uh, doing what it does as well. Like, what uh, was it? A were you happy with the run? Like, I saw oh, the Red yeah, Rock show. The Red Rock show was amazing. Oh, yeah, nice yeah.
1: to see you and uh, Mustard at the
0: show. That was yes, cool. yeah, Colonel Mustard, my
1: brother. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, dude, it was fucking awesome. It was amazing. Like tr- truly I, a lot of the nights we were on, on tour and I think I've listened to the, uh, the Mount joy podcast too. Mm-hmm. I like, he sounds like a a really nice, good dude. Matt um, is a good dude. Yep. I'm happy. I'm happy for them. Um, cause it can be a shit show out there. <laughs> um, but, I'm just at a point in my career and also like in my life where I'm just super grateful for just about everything. Um I mean every day is a struggle obviously but I get on stage and I'm like holy shit there are people here. Like I don't give a shit maybe there's 70% of the house but it's still amazing and the band I mean it was the best experience
0: I've had really touring in a long time. It was great. <laughs> I thought you, I thought it was the, you, I thought the band like stood out in a way and, and it, maybe it was also because I got to see the, um, what's it called? The, uh, the Red Rock show where you were probably a little more jammy than you would have been. I imagine, I I don't know, maybe, but I thought, I thought the, 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 like the band showed off in a really cool way. Like I I thought it was a really fun performance and it seemed like you guys were vibing.
1: Yeah, I mean I've done a lot of solo stuff in my career and I like it, but when I have first of all I love all of those people. Yeah. I really do. Like I legitimately love those people and I think they're they're just great to be around like every day. You know, it's a slog, dude. You you know what it's like to go to work every day? I mean, that's what we're doing too, but we're going on a bus and in different venues and lots of different experiences and honestly, I I commend those guys on such a deep level because they're so consistent. Like, There's never any bullshit. Every day is just like good. I mean, I'm sure they talk shit about me behind (laughs) my back, which is totally fine and normal. But when we're on the stage and when we're playing, they're the the, the most professional, inspiring people to be around. And it just elevates me every night. I I honestly am like, you're playing my songs every
0: night. Do you not hate me yet? How do you not hate me yet? Well, this you're, is amazing. I mean, you're you're in effect like the it it's a weird, it's probably like a weird dynamic, right? Because you are, for all intents and purposes, the the boss. It's yours, right? And I like that you said intents
1: and purposes. Rather so many than intensive think it's intensive purposes. It's, it's so not intensive. Anyway,
0: sorry. For all intents and purposes, you are the boss. And but during the show, you have to be together a unit right and that's like that's probably not an entirely easy dynamic to to have to on one level be their superior i know it's a weird way to say it but on one level be the person who's deciding whether they're there or not or whether it sounds right or not but then when you're performing really be together in that way like i imagine that's sort of a challenge both for them and for you
1: i i sort of view it in the same lens as sports in in some ways um like there are different forms of whatever you want to call leadership or, or, or whatever word you want to use. Like there's the Michael Jordan version, which is like, I'm going to be a total prick to everybody, but I'm going to crush. Mm-hmm. And there are musicians who do that. And, you know, like I've heard about people who do that, whatever. I like your shirt, by the way. Um, Mike River shirt. Yeah, it's yeah, good. W- we'll get, I it, though, need man. one of those. We'll get, um, Pres Pres Carter, Pres Carter selling them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then there's the other version, which is, and I'm not comparing myself to Steph Curry, but there is another <laughs> version of that, which is like the dude who just goes and plays, and it's more of like a unit, and you step up when you need to, and you chill when you need to, and all that shit. And I really, um, I really appreciate like the um, just the connection that those guys offer to me every night every night they're always present and they're always playing like really with their hearts and that's all that i can ask for and that's all i really want but that is also why when you see a show at red rocks like i want those guys to shine i want them all to get their glow because they deserve it they're all seriously everybody in my art in my band is an incredible artist in their own right every
0: single one we will Get back to the music portion, um, but there was a th- – there's a, a part of your history that I think relates directly to what's going on with the Sixers right now in that you were a head basketball coach. Oh, dude,
1: I don't <laughs> – I would not call myself that at all. I was It's true so though, unqualified isn't it? and terrible. No, I wouldn't even give myself that title.
0: I met a guy at a live Ricky show that says he was coached by you.
1: Yeah. Uh, it did happen. Okay. I South was, Jersey. Yeah. It was awful, dude. I was so, like, not really. Like, Coach Mike, I'm sure, is much better than I was. Uh-huh. I was really bad. And I just, I don't really know basketball, honestly. Like, <laughs> I just don't. Like, well, I know I know what I see. I'm like, oh, that guy can make shots. He's good. That guy can't. He sucks. Or like he looks fat and slow. He doesn't. That's good. But I don't really know the strategy of it, dude. I mean, I played basketball a lot, but it never really made sense to me. It really didn't. I, I've, <laughs> I've, I did didn't,
0: which is why obviously I wanted to coach. <laughs> uh, I want to get into. We will in a second. There is an article written about Doc Rivers that I think is one of like the all timers, and I just want to read you some of the lines from it that we can we can enjoy. I think because articles like this come along once a generation or so, um, mm-hmm. and I would love to love to dive into it before we do. Body Bio is a supporter of the pod, a partner of ours. Body Bio. What is Body Bio? Bio Bi- Body Bio is a supplement company. They're there in South Jersey, family owned, family operated, but they have a new product that I believe is is, and they believe, which is more important than me, is really the only gut, uh, um, supplement that you need. Um, It is a probiotic or a postbiotic and a prebiotic. It is not a probiotic. It's called Gut Plus. Gut Plus. Okay, so. Probiotics, people are taking, and they take them mostly because they have symptoms that they're trying to get rid of. A lot of times, it's like this bloat, and probiotics are not bad. Your body makes them naturally. The problem is, is that the probiotic that you are taking probably doesn't match up with what you need. There's over 500 strains of probiotics, and if you don't have the right one, it doesn't work. So. Body Bio went around that with Gut Plus. They have a prebiotic and a postbiotic in one. It's called Gut Plus. What the prebiotic does is it goes into your gut, gets rid of all the bad bacteria, bacteria and lets your body make the good bacteria, the probiotic bacteria. And then the postbiotic comes in and it gets rid of all of the symptoms you may have. That bloat, that I was talking about, it'll get rid of it. Gut Plus, I'm telling you, it is the only gut supplement you need. Mike has mentioned he's taking it, has made a major difference for him. Use code RTRS20 at bodybio.com and get 20% off Gut Plus or anything else. Again, that is RTRS20 at bodybio.com. Try Gut Plus. So this Doc Rivers article, Amos, if I may read some of it to you, was written by one Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. The first line, Doc Rivers has perhaps the NBA's toughest coaching job. (laughs) Already comedy. It's good. (laughs) The toughest coaching job. So Keith is like, God bless him. God bless him. Works hard. Is known for like, sometimes when you read what he's writing, you can sort of tell that maybe it came from somebody else directly i wonder where this one came from he continues he's leading a 76er squad that has high expectations despite the fact that joel Embiid and james harden their all-star tandem don't fit nor does the team have a true point guard or towering backup center on the roster in addition some of the team's ballyhooed offseason acquisitions don't live up to the hype ballyhooed Ballyhooed, much yeah Love that. Good good job, Keith. Joel Embiid and James Harden <laughs> don't fit together. Who
1: the fuck uses the word ballyhood? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he says, yet Rivers is destined to become the fall guy if the Sixers can't overcome their shortcomings. Tum- Listen to sports talk radio, view social media, or even bump into a neighbor, and folks are saying it's time for Rivers to go. But the Sixers' struggles aren't solely Rivers' fault. This is a tough team to coach because of the styles of Embiid and Ed Harden don't mix. Now, look, I could see for sure someone saying, hey, look, Harden does like a, a, a style that is really like on his own. It's this isolation thing. Embiid does this post-up thing. They both play slow. Not one time this entire offseason – from Keith or anybody else, did anybody mention that they weren't a perfect fit together (laughs) and that they had the best offensive rating in pick and roll of any two players in all of the NBA last year? Um, The fact that, honestly to me, I think the article is comedy, but the fact that Doc Rivers is already covering his ass on the way out, I think is like a statement about Doc but more so like a statement about what doc thinks about the team. Mm -hmm. And that's the bummer to me is that like, he is, he is willing. And I've, I've like, I've said over and over, I don't think he's a good coach or anything, but I don't think he is uh, the problem or, or, or the main problem. But when a guy is willing to publicly obliterate the players on his team to like in advance cover his own ass, it seems like it might be time. Am I crazy?
1: Uh, I, I'm still stuck on the hood <laughs> <laughs> I just, that article just feels like when I was in high school and I'd be, it would be like, 3am and i couldn't finish a paper and i was just like hey mom can you finish this shit for me like that's what pompey does with doc he's just like just write it dude and tell me what you want
0: how about this quote <clears throat> the team misses the luxury of having solid backup centers like andre drummond and dwight howard at its disposal <laughs>
1: <laughs> dude This is hilarious shit, honestly. It's really funny.
0: Rivers, in his 24th season, also ranks fourth on the list of all-time NBA postseason coaching victories behind Phil Jackson, Pat Riley, and Greg Popovich. In conjunction with the NBA's 75th anniversary, Rivers was named one of the 15 greatest coaches in NBA (laughs) history before last season's all-star break. But he's dealing with new pressure and perhaps unrealistic expectations when it comes to the Sixers.
1: I mean, why would anyone expect anything from the Sixers? I know, I know. We why? know that it's fucked. <laughs> we know that it's fucked. I came on this fucking podcast when they made the Al Horford whatever the fuck signing. Wow, you've been
0: around a while. And we were like, yeah, dude, that's that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh Q in the chat suggests that Keith go through six steps to rejoin the media like Kyrie (laughs) has to go through.
1: Keith Keith is not the problem here.
0: No, no. Keith is not
1: the problem here. Keith is cool as shit. He doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, whatever, dude, let me know what you need. I'm going to hook you up. Right. Let's get lunch. Buy
0: me a sandwich. Do you, so you've been around this entire ride. Generally, yeah. this entire ride, can you tell me from like you know uh I actually I had Gilio and Fritz on um last weekend, and I was asking them, and I ask you the same question as somebody who's not deep in it, like we're deep in it all the time, right, who doesn't talk about it for three hours a week, at least not publicly or privately or privately, and just <laughs> wanted to be sure assure us of that. Do do you feel, is this one of these things where this whole thing is like done and we just have not acknowledged it yet? Or is it, or is it not? Like, I think sometimes it's easier to see as a casual person. You're Mm. above casual, but not, not like a lunatic. I'm pretty casual. I I listened.
1: I only like the Sixers because of the podcast. (laughs) I would have nothing to fucking do with this team if it wasn't for you guys.
0: So it. Does it feel like it's it could be it though? Oh like dude, this is it? it's
1: it. Uh, it's done, dude. Yeah. But this is why they're gonna win now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Being because it's over.
1: Well, well, if I think well, if you asked me in even September, like what's up with the Phillies, I would have been like, They're terrible. Like that's fair. I can't even watch them. They're awful. Like they don't give a shit. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, magic. Cool. The Sixers could do that, I guess, but I don't know, dude. There's too many, like, sloggy ass. But Embiid is, like, one of the greatest players I've ever watched and can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Um, I just don't know. I just don't know if he's going to, like, be able to grind through as much as – like, Harper grinded through that whole shit and was crushing the whole time. If Embiid can do that, the Sixers can do whatever he wants them to do.
0: Jack made a good point on the pod this weekend. He said that, or it was Joe, I think, said that Bryce Harper had passed Embiid in Philadelphia. And I, I didn't think that that was something that could happen. But I think with this playoff run... It certainly did. And Embiid, like to me, Embiid should be the best player in Philadelphia on any team. Like that should be an undoubtable thing. But I think what happened recently sort of puts that in question. If this like if this ended tomorrow and if, if Embiid walked away and Harden is whatever, like if, if everything walked away, if this if this this era ended, what is what would you like remember from it? What would you take from it? Is there like a lesson or a feeling or a moment or anything, or is it just a team that didn't succeed? I thought it was pretty fun. I, I think yeah. it's been pretty fun overall. Um the highest
1: paid player on the team is Tobias Harris. I mean, still, go on, yeah. still, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of stupid shit and um a lot of just sad shit, to be honest. Like the Markel stuff was just st- straight up sad. The Ben stuff has just veered into straight up sad. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't say the rest of it is sad because these dudes get paid a lot of money to kind of do whatever they want, to be honest. And that's cool. But uh, I don't know. For me as a fan, and I'm not just being like sucking Ricky's dick right now, but like the Ricky is awesome and it's got, it's made this whole terrible experience much better because of the context and because of the personalities like you and Mike and CJ do a great job. Like CJ every
0: is, you don't even know if he does a great job.
1: Well, that's true. He's I'm just <laughs> including him. Cause you guys do. He's very handsome and he sits in the background and chills. But I, I will say this, the more that CJ has been doing the podcast, like your the level of production has definitely jumped up like oh my God. significantly, <laughs> and the more kvetching you do has jumped up significantly when he's not around, which <laughs> makes me know like oh shit like this dude's doing his thing
0: yeah well that is the worst is is waiting for the thing to upload waiting for the video to upload we're old DJ's not here we're yeah. old we don't know what we're doing dude zero idea what <laughs> we're doing no idea whatsoever um. Oh man, I had one more. Oh, you mentioned the Phillies. You you've I, I I know you as a obviously you're a Philly sports fan, but I I basic I think I know you as a, a baseball guy and a basketball guy primarily. Um football guy, Eagles guy, yes. Of I mean, course. We went to the Super Bowl we, together. We went to the Super Bowl <laughs> together. We did. Well, we sat in different places, but we went to the Super Bowl together. The uh you were on tour when the Phillies run happened until the very end. How much of that, cause you're playing shows and stuff. How yeah. much of that did you see? And how, how like, how, how, how much did you enjoy it? I guess being on the road, it was such a, like an enormous surprise for everyone. It was the same for us. Like we were playing a show in
1: Tennessee. Uh, was it, I don't remember which night it was, but they were playing the Padres. One of the nights they were playing the Padres and, we had that there's a a thing on some tour buses where you can flex Where you can put your there's a TV on the outside of the bus that you can like flip oh. out so we were watching the, the game like right after the show we watched and we were freaking out dude it yeah. was you know a huge like beautiful like holy shit this we it was house money you know like house money is the best money yeah because you're just having fun and I kind of knew they weren't going to beat Houston, but I went to game five with Zach in my band and had an absolute blast. Like, they lost, and who gives a shit? Like, it was so much fun. Uh, it had been a long time since I w- had been to anything in a sporting event that was that intense.
0: Um, You know? Well, baseball... I, you know, moving to the New York area has, has sort of reignited my baseball love just because they, baseball is, especially because of how the football teams have been here the last five years, Mm -hmm. not this year, obviously, but previously, but New York is a baseball town, um, Uh, whereas Philly loves the Phillies, but it's a football town, but has reignited my love for it. So I've watched a lot of baseball and I watched a lot of playoff baseball and man, you forget, especially because the Phillies hadn't been in it for a while. But those games, like the intensity of those games is, I don't think is matched anywhere else in sports, honestly, on it, like a consistent level. Like it's the entire game. Every Mm -hmm. pitch is like full of anxiety,
1: you know? Yeah, I haven't been to a meaningful playoff basketball game in a very long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Honestly, maybe never. That speaks to to me, that speaks to how dysfunctional the Sixers have been for so <laughs> long. Sorry. But um the Phillies were like the first experience I had as a sports fan was in 1983. I went to the Orioles Phillies World Series game. I was six. Mm-hmm. My aunt and uncle got me tickets. It was fucking insane um, at the vet. I'm still partial to the vet. I'm old school like that. But, you know, um, this game was cool, man. You can always tell how crazy a game is by the bathroom. Like, when you go to take a piss. Yeah. And shit is just bedlam in the bathrooms. (laughs) Like, It was insane in there, dude. Like people were just screaming and falling and like, it was sort of like those brothel scenes in Game of Thrones where people are just like half naked. It's like, we're fucked
0: up, man. Well, it's, it's something about Philly. I work with a guy who does all our, a lot of our social media and video for WFAN, Tom Izzo. Tom's great. His real name is Tom Izzo, by the way. And thank you for clarifying that. He, he has looked at Philadelphia fans on the internet And just decided <laughs> that he is like in love And he's he, and, and I think runs like that Sort of prove The amazing thing about Philadelphia Is that everyone expects to lose Until they win And then it's just like oh, yeah. Fuck you assholes yeah, <laughs> yeah you pieces of shit
1: <laughs> no. We knew the whole time Dickheads Yeah, yeah. We've won everything forever Yeah <laughs> yeah but the best line from the bathroom was uh not that there were like bad lines but the best (laughs) line was we we were all standing at the urinals and this guy was like counting behind the guy taking a piss (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then he was like shaking it out and he was like yo man any more than two and you're playing with it let's go So good.
0: Uh, I love the accent. I love That's that it's good. there. Um,
1: it was a it was a great game. It was really fun. the The fans were amazing. Like
0: I've never seen anything. I've seen a lot of good Philly crowds, but the Philly crowds at CBP were the best crowds I think I've ever seen in amazing. Philadelphia. So good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, DraftKings. Um, I'm actually looking up the Eagles' Super Bowl odds for DraftKings. Let's see. DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's see. Hold on. Futures. Bills are still favored at plus 290. The Eagles at 500. The undefeated Eagles. Unreal. Mm. Absolutely unreal. Um, DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Bet five bucks on any money line on DraftKings. If you're a new user and you get 200 bucks in free bets if your team wins. Right now, earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings on stepped up same game parlays. So you have that, you can do one of those a game day. Um DraftKings is the presenting sponsor of the Ricky and uh, oh, there's no Vegas Mike. We can't do Vegas Mike this time. We only have Vegas Amos. Vegas Amos, um let's see the Eagles game this weekend the Eagles play the Tennessee or the Washington Commanders what would you imagine the Eagles are favored by uh 35 Yeah, 10 and a half. Very close. (laughs) Very close. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTRS. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets. If your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook, who I love, use promo code RTRS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We have some... uh, 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 AMA questions for you from right. Reddit and Twitter. Um, but before we do, uh, you do have, uh, a new, am I allowed to play any of this new yeah, stuff or no? I okay. mean, what the fuck are we in? Like, you know,
1: leaking albums, like, yeah, you know, right. Shit.
0: Well, I was, I remember that you nope. remember leaking yeah. albums. You remember that was, yeah, and that was a thing. Anymore. Um, so, you're releasing a, would you call this a tri- a tribute album, yeah, I guess? it's a straight okay. up tribute album. So it is a tribute album to Chet Baker Sings, which is a, uh, like a legendary jazz record. It is cu- it's called My Ideal and it is out November 18th here. Let's give a, a taste of My Funny Valentine. Is that cool? Sure yeah. Thing. All right. My Funny Valentine
1: Sick, twisted valentine You make me smile with my heart
0: Your looks are laughable So you, it was funny I'm when you said you were doing this I knew Chet Baker's name, but that was it. Can you explain to why, Explain who Chet Baker is and why you decided to do a record, which is basically his entire record? Came out in 56? Am I correct? 1956? Chet Baker.
1: 56 or 57. I
0: can't remember which one. Might so, have been 57. So who is Chet Baker and why would you decide to do an entire Chet Baker record?
1: Well, first off, I did that entire, all the vocals exactly where I am right now. Oh, this at home, mic, sitting right here yeah wow. yeah i did it all right here um and i sort of i don't know how many music people i know that you have a lot of probably have a lot of music people who listen to this podcast i we mean do. with all of the music musical contributions that you guys have um i sort of encourage people these days to try to do as much as they can at home like not obviously if you can be in a studio with people and it's not going to crush your budget, like absolutely be in a room, but mm-hmm. if you can do as much as you can at home, keep your costs down. Like, you know, you can do a lot of really great sounding stuff just at home and have a different kind of focus. I've done a lot of studio records. It's a waste of fucking money. I'm not trying to put studios out of business. Please support local studios. Like the, 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 Uh, Tracks were recorded at Rittenhouse Studios in Germantown. Really great studio. Support studios, keep people in business fully, fully into that whole scene. But when you can do it at home as the artist, it is helpful. Um, But uh, Chet Baker, who was he? I mean, it's a complicated story. Um, He's a trumpet player and vocalist um, who is really kind of... I don't know, def- sort of defined the cool jazz experience in a lot of ways. Like Miles Davis did obviously, and a lot of other people did too, but he was, he's really synonymous with the, that vibe. And, um, during COVID, not that, I mean, I really don't like saying that because it just, it's become such a strange thing to say, but during
0: COVID, but I think everybody knows what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Right? Like during you know, that time when shit yeah. was really fucked up. Yeah. Um, Two of my favorite musicians died within a month of each other. John Prine, Mm -hmm. who's my all-time favorite, and Bill Withers, who's my all-time favorite. Like, they're two, my two favorite artists. They died within a month month of each other. And uh, at that time, obviously, like, we were all at home listening to music and, like, doing anything we could to stay sane. Anything we could. Um, And I couldn't listen to either of them because it really – like broke my heart every time I would put them on. I just couldn't handle it. So I was like, I need music, but I need something that I don't know that well. And I need something that's like, not going to make me so sad, but isn't just like toxically positive. Um, Is toxically a word? I don't know. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just sort of found my way. I ambled into the lane of Chet Baker and that record in particular. And he has had a way, has a way of articulating sadness in a way that is just sort of nonchalant to me. And like, so you can be at one with the pain that you're feeling, but you're not overwhelmed by it. And that's sort of what it, it was buoyant for me. Like I felt at the same time that I felt very sad and heartbroken, I also felt like I'm not going to sink, and that that was sort of where I landed with this record. And I listened to it over and over and over and over and over and over and over every every single day for many months, hmm. and uh, I fell in love with it because I had never listened to a like a jazz vocal record. And if you listen to it, like I would. I would definitely recommend anybody who's interested in just listening to that record. And the thing that I I unlocked by singing it, and the reason why I did it is because I loved it. I did an interview recently with somebody who was like, so why the fuck did you do that? Um, and my answer was because I loved it. Like I just wanted to do it, you know, like I wanted to experience those songs and those arrangements. And I had really talented people to work with. Um, and it unlocked just how incredible it was.
0: Um, I don't know if, I know you play, are you still playing guitar? God, you know, I talked to Moot about it. I haven't played in months. And it's yeah, you got to get back, man. I know. It's one of the things that is really, um, since I moved, like work has gotten more intense and, and all of those things, but it's not an excuse, right? And it, it bothers me, I miss playing because yeah. it was an, an incredible release. I'm not good at it, but like, when you get good enough to be able to do it, it becomes an incredible release and I miss it quite a bit, you know? Yeah, you were working hard at it for a I, while there. I was, I was, yeah. it was a, you need something other. I'll never forget, uh, there's a guy I met I don't know if I've ever told the story. There's and then we'll get back to the record because I have a question for you about something that you said. Uh, and it comes out the 18th, the 18th, uh November 18th. But that song that I played is out now, right? Is on Spotify now, I think my funny valentine, but um everything else comes out the eighteenth. That's right, you don't know. <laughs> um the the thing about guitar, I, there was a uh A salesperson when I was like, I don't know, 24 or something like that, there was a salesperson that worked at KYW News Radio that was in the same building that we were at WYSP when I worked there. This guy named Chip. I had never met him before. And he asked if I he could take me to lunch. He was like, "Uh, what do you do? And I told him, he's like, You want to go to lunch? And I go, Yeah. We went to the Ben Franklin Museum. Because he was like, (laughs) he was like, he was like, no. He goes, he goes, yo, man. He goes, did you know all of like the shit that Ben Franklin did? And I was like, I, I guess intellectually I knew, but I didn't go it. we went to the Ben Franklin Museum and then we got lunch at the Continental. And he said, uh, he was like, so, you know, what do you do? And I told him what I did for work. And he was like, well, what else do you do? He goes, because he goes, when you ask people what they do, they always tell you what their job is. And then when you say, what else do you do? A lot of times they don't have an answer. And he goes, and you should have an answer. His dream was to leave his current job and and take people to Brazil. He loved Brazil, so now he has <laughs> no, no bullshit. He has a trip company that takes people to Brazil. But I always remember that, and I always tried to have wow. that. And guitar was my what else do you do? And I currently don't have that right now. So yeah. Well, the
1: point the point I was going to make was. If you've ever played, like, I know you were playing solos and stuff because you would send me stuff. Yep. When you when you do it, like, when you play the stuff that these people played and you get inside of it, it's a just a new way to appreciate it. Yeah. It is just a deeper way to be like, holy shit. Like, I thought this was this. And I've, I've, I sense the same thing in basketball because I have played against, like, even semi-pro dudes who like played in wherever like Israel or in Europe or something. And I'm like, this is just a whole nother level. Like, Jesus, these guys are fucking incredible. So we kvetch and be like, Oh, these guys suck. But they're like, it's just so many levels above. They're so fucking talented and amazing and, and virtuosic at this stuff that, but, um, it was a really, it was a really fun, a really fun thing to to experience to do this record. Yeah.
0: So you saying you did it at home? I want to play the opening track. Is that old feeling? Um, and then I have a, a question for you about it. Sure. Not this song in particular.
1: Night and got that old feeling. when you came inside
0: I got that old feeling. so hmm. here's my question the that you or, by, and I, I wonder if you're conscious I of this because I was stunned to find out that you did this at home without the musicians because to me what this album captures or what it feels like is being in like I almost feel like I can see it, right? I feel like I can see a jazz club. I can see what it looks like in there. I can see the cigarettes, like I can see the smoke. <laughs> I can see the and it it truly feels like the album feels like you are there. And it just uh like my 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 thought was when I was listening to it is that this sounds like it was recorded Live now, I think maybe that's a a product of the music, right? Because it, it they did record it live. Oh, okay, and they you, were they right, so okay?
1: They freaked out, so they all rec- they recorded. We did sixteen tunes. They did all sixteen tunes, and they did multiple versions of sixteen tunes. Oh in, wow! In eight hours. Oh my god. <laughs> Like freaky, like those guys are insane. Right. Um, so it's David Strime who's in my band. This guy Anwar Marshall, who's an amazing drummer, and this guy named Madison Rast who plays bass. They got together, did the tracks. Um, I honestly, my feeling on it when they were recording it was, I don't want to get in the way. Yeah, and I don't think that I know these songs well enough and i'm i don't i've never studied jazz i've taken two guitar lessons in my life i have no musical training i need to figure out like what my approach is how i'm going to find these songs and i've just meditated on it over and over and over again some of these songs and i'm like kind of letting you into the kitchen right now but i sang 40 to 50 times oh wow like really and it i guess that the key to a lot of stuff is you make it seem easy, but it's not and
0: well, that's le- the key to any performance right yeah i mean a- any sort of like any sort of art I feel like the idea performance art the idea is to not make it look like you're trying, but you actually are that's that's the like that's the key right yeah,
1: I think it's all it also kind of translates into love like when you love someone and people see that. It doesn't mean that it's always this glowing love. And like, mm-hmm. we wake up and love each other and all day. It's like, no, we put in a lot of work. Like, we find each other in the hard times and we talk about it and we work through the shit. And sometimes I'm like cursing the ceiling because the song is vexing me so hard. But what comes forward is the love and the appreciation. And I mean, that's, you know, it's a bit of, it's a bit of like fake it till you make it. But at the same time, it's like the love was always there. So I could always find it.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to talk about it, man. Um, so the you're putting out it's vinyl you you're releasing on vinyl too I think there right? shall be vinyl yeah
1: there, there shall will be vinyl Daniel Day Lewis uh, <laughs> worked at a record shop
0: <laughs> uh, go to Amos's website and it'll be on uh, streaming platforms on the 18th It's really cool record man I, I like I was not I, as I said as I've I've told Mootlu on the Carl before like I'm not a I'm not a jazz guy um, but when I'm forced is the wrong word. When I am, uh, when I'm drawn into listening to it and want to appreciate it for one reason or another, I find cool things that I, um, that I really like. And what I really loved about this was the, 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 the place it, it puts you in. And the cool thing about the vocals in this with the music, there's something about jazz where like, it's almost like you're a a millisecond behind on everything. Like you're listening to it and singing to what you hear as opposed to singing what you know is going to happen. So it's not right on. And it has like this cool fucking vibe to it. And it's a really neat record, man.
1: Well, when you listen to Chet, I mean, his whole thing was just about like, is he even there? Right. It's really... and I know that I'm sure that the people who are like Basque, hardcore basketball fans are like, what the fuck are you guys doing?
0: Yeah. But whatever. It's it's all right. We've Um, been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. There's there's been a a lot of non-basketball in here. So they'll live. And
1: also Jaden Springer has great potential. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but you know, Chet's whole thing was, I mean, obviously number one, he was very high. Um, which made all of that stuff seem like a cloud, right? And so it's really the challenge of singing like him. Or, and I wasn't trying to sing like him, I was trying to sing with him and like th- through the spirit of his singing and these songs, but just pay respect to it, but not reinvent it. It's a weird kind of thing where like you know you're recreating a painting and you're not trying to do it exactly like them but you can't really help it but um but his his style of singing it's like when you so if you listen to this record and you listen to the, the chet the original chet sings record there's lots of very small nuanced beautiful things that he does and the band does that like i could never do but I found those like and it changed me as a singer. Like I definitely approach singing differently now that I've done that project because I found sort of like new ways to like express parts of my voice that I didn't know how to express before. Like I saw you last night and got that old feeling. He just has this way of like because he's a trumpet player. Right. So he's used to going
0: truly thinking about his voice like an instrument yeah i mean his tone
1: his the pitch is perfect like he holds these very long notes in this perfect way it's like you can't try to do that he'll just go uh, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? But I know his whole story isn't all sunny. It's there's a lot of dark stuff. There's a lot of hard stuff. I mean, he was a very complicated and and you know did some crazy shit. Um, and you know, there's lots of books, Deep in a Dream. There's there's uh, some great documentaries on him if you want to dig deeper into Chet. But the way that he approached singing and um, these songs in particular just blew my mind in a lot of ways so i want to just pay some tribute to it and and i wanted to sing those songs because i love them well it's
0: a cool record man it comes Thanks. out comes out the 18th um get the vinyl or at least listen to it yeah online. get the vinyl i'll give i'll gift you guys a copy to uh to give away to a listener would love I, to give away that. a copy yeah on vinyl um uh, Can you answer some AMA questions? Would love to. I'm going to go to the Reddit and Twitter. And on Reddit, I'll just pick the ones that are upvoted the most. By Um, the way,
1: did you pay eight bucks yet or what?
0: uh, I was already, for Twitter, Mm -hmm. was already paying, Was already had Twitter blue for my account and for the Ricky account because it it allows you to do two things. It allows you to edit tweets and it allows you to post longer videos. Um, and you oh, get wow. different analytics. So we, we already had it. So, um, so we're still good. Edit function. Yeah. Um, did you pay the $8 yet? Well, you're barely, you're I don't really- even
1: look at the, I don't even look at it. I don't know. I'm sure Perry will shout out to Perry
0: Greenfield in the house. Fuck the Miami heat. Fuck the heat. There we go. Um, yeah, you're not, you're not like, you're not online in that way. Not really.
1: I don't yeah. give a shit.
0: Yeah, it's terrible for my career, but, but good. <laughs> but good for. But good for you as a a person. I, I guess. Dude, no, it who is. Cares, it is.
1: man. I just don't give a fuck. I'm just like whatever. You, you know, know what it
0: is. Uh, I think it was. I don't remember if he said this in an article or not. At some point, he said it. Ethan Strauss, who is a writer, a Substack writer, a basketball writer, used to I know who he is. Used House to, of Strauss. Yeah, House of Strauss used to cover the Warriors, and he says something about online that I thought was bad feedback online. Why it's not healthy that I thought was like apt. He was like, because what people say is, well, it's only one or two out of the hundred people who respond to you who're shitty um but most of them are good you should think about the good people and he's like well and I, i'm 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 saying what he said um I'm, I'm not saying it exactly but the the thought is the same he said something to the effect of well if you're making a cake and somebody put a, a <laughs> teaspoon of shit in yeah, the cake true. it would ruin the cake right Fair. and that's Fair. sort of like what it does so i think it's i think yeah. it's healthy for you
1: yeah it, it also just like it doesn't it doesn't feed me in a way i want to be fed like i as a person who likes to write and and ruminate and meditate um i get it would just it would just take too much of my mental energy to do it and i think it would transform a lot of things that i don't want to touch yeah so but not shitting on anybody who does it if you have the capacity to do it like great i think there's a lot of room for like this podcast and, and people out there to, to crush, um to crush and make a lot of good in the world through it. So,
0: yeah, I feel like we've made good in the world, but I feel like it's affected me in a negative way as a person. Oh, I mean, how good, could it not? But that's, that's, yeah, that's the problem. That's, you the know, and there. it's, and the whole, the whole thing with the,
1: the, this new era of Twitter is like paying for verification. Okay. Like, I would love, I would probably be more apt to be online if there was less of a bot contingent. But I don't think that these sites can exist without the bots. I think they drive up engagement. I think they they kind of stoke all of the fires that need to be stoked. Most people are just going to be like, oh, I'm verified now. I'm still not going to
0: do anything. <laughs> you know what's funny is the weirdest shit to me is like, I understand, maybe I'm just making an excuse for myself, but I'm a public figure. I use it to drive engagement for this. It's part of what I, I enjoy doing it when it's going well, but that's what I use it for. I'll see like regular person. Like, and I, I don't, again, I don't say this dismissively. I, I say not a public, a person who has a normal job, not a public facing job. And they have like 386 followers and they have like, 10 or 15 tweets a lot which is a lot to me i'd be like holy shit 386 people are following me but like we're right point being or let's say it's 1800 even more right and they tweet 10 or 15 times a day and they get like <laughs> a moderate like to low engagement and i think to myself man there's something wrong here mm. what the fuck like i and i do think that getting it off your chest in some way is like helpful but the problem is you're getting it off your chest while everyone is there <laughs> you know like it's, yeah. it's there forever so
1: yeah i think that the 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 difference in some of it like the direction that it's going is like how much of this is about engaging with other people how much of it is performative right. um like i remember my space was the last time i was really like online mm. i was into it who I was like, in your top eight do you remember who your top eight oh, it's was all like my homies you know oh, okay, like right. Freddie and mootloo and all those guys <laughs> i think i only had a top six i don't even know if i had enough friends but um it was uh you know it was it was an interesting thing to do but i don't know dude it it's all like it's all so way past me at this point i'm like what am i gonna start doing tweeting now like yeah my
0: ideas. You can skip it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've, you've gotten this far. With Here's skipping the it. thought. <laughs> um, well, you know, all right. All right. One last thing before, cause I want to ask you AMA questions, but I've already had you for an hour. So I, I want to. These tend to go long. Right. My, my question is, I guess, before we get to AMA, you as a musician with a platform, you are a conscientious person with, a lot of like thoughts, like we, you know, like I've, I've talked to you a lot. You think, you think a lot, you, um, you don't specifically, I would say it's not that you don't use your platform for good. I would find that like most people who think as much as you do and have as many thoughts as you do would find it impossible to not use social media to say those things. You know what I mean? Like, I've never even thought about it, honestly. Because that's what, because normal people are like, I need to get this out. Like, I feel this way. It's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, and I, I think not to your detriment, to the opposite, I think to, it's a, a, a tribute to it, to you not doing it. But, and, and I think artists that do do it, I'm good with that. I'm I'm happy that they say what they say, but your ability to sort of stay away from it And you have a platform because if you tweet, people will hear it. If you put it on Instagram, people will hear it. Right. Um, I'm just, that's always been interesting to me about you that you, um, care about those things in that way, or you think about them and you're still able to avoid that trap that I think that social media presents. Sometimes
1: it's just about the platform. Mm. Um, like I like conversation. I think there's, I think there's a way to really have profound and meaningful conversations with people. And so for Twitter specifically, I think it's interesting when it's like very kind of I don't know, pragmatic or or like um statistical or news based, like right. not opinion-based. That's what based. a lot
0: of people use Twitter for. It's just as
1: like, a news. Here feed. is a thing that happened. Right. This is a thing, this is a thing, this is a thing. Um yeah news feed aggregator of of a sort um instagram i don't know i'm not even sh- really sure what it is um i mean i know it's p- people posting pictures of themselves doing things um i don't i just i'm whenever i go on there i'm like i don't understand what's happening <laughs> What the fuck it's am I supposed pictures. to be doing here? I know, but it doesn't make any sense to me. It's too much. It's flooding my brain with all this crazy right. shit and then my brain is like, "What wow. the fuck? I like podcasts. I like books. I like audiobooks. I like conversations. Yeah. I like long podcasts. I like really fucking laborious shit. I really do. I love laborious shit. And I also love really stupid shit
0: <laughs> right. That's a that's a, a good vend The Venn diagram of yeah. Amos is laborious. The, and labo- stupid. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, you should do a podcast.. I'll, you try, do I'll
1: try it out. I will just ramble and amble and mamble and bumble and mumble. But uh, I mean, I remember dude listening to Bill Burr's podcast like ten years ago. And going back into the annals of his shit, he was doing podcasts in the fucking 90s. Like I didn't even have an email address in the 90s. I didn't even know what the fucking internet was until 2007, dude. And I don't know if that makes me a luddite or just a fucking dumbass, but you know, you're, you you know, you now I can listen to these futurists talking about the internet in the 90s and being like, "Oh, this is going to happen.
0: This is going to happen like what the fuck, man?" Yeah, people knew. What the fuck? How the fuck? All right, Reddit AMA. I'm gonna ask you some questions here. This is the top rated one. Now this is obviously a- The top rated one? Is this, like, what does that mean? They they thumb them up or whatever? In Reddit, you can either upvote it or downvote it. Oh God, this is gonna be terrifying. No, this one's fine. (laughs) So this one is an obvious reference to, um, I believe, so Mootloo's Traveling Queen clip that oh, okay. we play, yeah, which is, fantastic. wait, hold on. Wait, no. Uh, Ask you, will you write a song to inspire Daryl to fire Doc Rivers? No, I will not. Okay. Also,
1: like, I have to say, I have to say, I love that you guys have Daryl on the podcast. It's really mind blowing to have mm-hmm. a GM who's like, just that, hanging out or whatever he is. Is he yeah. the GM? He's the president Elton of basketball, operations. the GM. Elton's I don't understand GM. this situation. Yeah. Okay, great. Um whatever he is, it's fantastic. Like he comes on, he's super nice, super smart. Um I you know, like it's a pretty fucking awesome thing that you guys have him on here. The vocal fry is a little weird to me, but like he is really a, a super <sighs> sweet and
0: nice man. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, he's got a little millennial vocal fry to him. It's
1: like, bro, dude, I don't know, man. Like, we just
0: signed Dwight Howard. I'm <laughs> like, dude, like, chill. <laughs> he does have some of that. Um, the next one is also related to that. Have you ever thought of writing a song about Tyrese Maxey to the tune of your smash hit, Sweet Pea? Oh, let's see. How would it go? Maxey... I don't even know how to fucking play ukulele.
1: So it would be like, Maxi apple of my eye. No, I have not. And uh, honestly, like, I like him. I think he's good. Yeah. I think people are, like, jumping the gun a tiny bit with him. Wow, that's that's Philly. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's super fun. He's the only, him and Paul Reed are the only two players that when they play, I'm like,
0: I enjoy watching you. Everyone else, I'm like, this sucks. They encompass... The joy of the last nine years, when there was joy, yeah. it, it Paul Reed and Maxie do. I yeah. think I think you can see what Maxie is short on in the last couple of games when there's no Harden, no Embiid there, and it's just all left on him. He's obviously he's young; he's 21 years old, so it's not there yet. Um, but he's way better than I thought he was going to be. He's he's awesome. Yeah. I lo-
1: I just like watching him play, and I like watching Paul Reed play. Yeah. Everyone else, I'm like, I don't need to be watching you play. Sometimes Embiid is like, just like watching the greatest thing you've ever seen in your life. But a lot of times I'm not even sure he wants to be doing it.
0: No, Embiid, I agree with you on. Um, yeah. It feels like he, sometimes he, he feels like he's just like kind of over it to me a bit. I think, and I've said this before, like the, with what he's been through and I'm not, this is not me like making excuses for him. Want I want to be clear about that, but when you think about the two foot breaks, the back break, the face break on Markel Faults, the face break from Pascal Siakam, the hand break, the all this and all that with being. Uh, seven feet two seventy-five. The pres- the craziness of everything that's happened here, right? Uh, on top of the, his brother passing away, his now he's a child. All of these things. How could you not be over it?
1: Also, I broke his hand at the Super Bowl, which that he's never was, recovered
0: from. <laughs> yeah, so he already had a hand injury. The way this goes, if you haven't heard this story, is. Amos and I were at the Eagles Super Bowl. Amos had a friend within the NBA, I believe, who got us passes to that tailgate. The Mavericks? Is it possible? I have no idea. Yeah. So he got us passes to this, not only to get passes to this this tailgate before the Super Bowl, but this area where we clearly should not have been in. We had yeah, like Robert before. Kraft was back there. Robert Kraft <laughs> was back there. It was like the the area we definitely shouldn't been in. We walk by and we see um Justin Anderson and Joel Embiid with uh, their bo- the Sixers bodyguard. But well, I didn't see him. I was just walking and all of a sudden Amos was gone and I turned around and you were like pointing in his face. Basically. <laughs> I, I felt got
1: Philly as fuck on him real quick and, and he wasn't you, ready for it. <laughs> you shook his hand
0: too hard and he shook his hand off like you were an asshole. Yeah. He was like Yo man. Yeah. My hand.
1: <laughs> um, sorry, dude. Like I'm excited. Yeah. Fuck, com- fuck me. You know? Um, would you consider a collaboration with Prez Carter? I don't think Prez needs me. Yeah, it's Prez a good is point. doing just fine. Yeah. Like I, I think he I, if I remember correctly, did he rhyme Popovich with politics or something? I believe something like that. I mean, that. that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I remember listening to that being like, this dude is very good and I can't believe the Ricky like gets so many songs sent to them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one was just on the internet. We Fantastic. just found him. He's, yeah. he's really good. He's yeah. Really he good. he was awesome. Um, here we go. Let's go to a Twitter one. Um, I think that question has already been asked. Um, what's your favorite bird? Um, wow. My favorite
1: bird. Yeah. Honestly, dude, I'm like kind of into pigeons. I'm a pigeon guy. (laughs) All right. That sounds like a I mean, it's the only bird I fucking grew up seeing. I don't know. What am I supposed to say? I was in the woods looking at birds all the time. Um, I I like those fucking weird ass birds with the giant bills. Those are dope.
0: Well, there's one near my house that looks like a pterodactyl. We see it by the pond near us all the time. It's terrifying. Pterodactyls weren't birds though. Well, but I'm just saying this bird looks like a pterodactyl. Still not I'm a saying. bird, though. From Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Favorite Philly area artists and bands. Favorite artists you got to open for, and favorite. Let's let's do those two. Whoa, that's a, that's a lot. a Yeah. That's well, there's a lot. Like, there's like that's four. questions. Um, there's like four different questions. I'll just do the top two. Well, first of all, Philly is
1: fucking bumping with music the last decade. It's really been good. crazy. Yeah. It's always been really good, but the last decade it's gone from like, we're maybe like the best music town in the country. Sorry, everybody else, fuck off, but I think we might be. Um, I don't know. Like, I love all of my friends, you know. I love Moot and all of the the folks I came up with. I mean, I support all of the folks, man. Mount Joy and but are they a is Mount Joy a Philly band?
0: They are. They're a Philly band. They're right? Philly enough. Yep. Not you know, here anymore. Don't live in Philly anymore. But yes, Philly enough.
1: Um, I don't know, dude. Like I love I honestly just support and love everyone who comes out of Philly. Like and, really any anybody, like any fucking artist. Merriam Hill, who you have on uh the the Carl, so happy for them. Like anybody who comes out of Philly, I'm just like support, support, support. Um, favorite artists you get to open for.
0: I mean, Dylan probably. Somebody asked on Twitter about Dylan. Did you have a conversation with him at any point? Yeah, I, had a,
1: I had a few conversations with him. I mean, we didn't like we didn't hang out for hours, but we had a few conversations. Very nice to me. Very kind. Like super generous. Was on two long tours with him. Um, just you know, he's maybe the greatest artist in American musical history, or one of them. Let's just put it this way: he's one of them. Um, some of the others, I mean, I've opened up for a lot of people, you know, um, I mean, Nora was, Nora Jones was incredible to me. They, that was the biggest break that I ever had in my career. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man, I've had a lot of them. I have, I was supposed to open up for Day one time, which was what I should have done. It's the greatest regret I have in my, I don't have any regrets in my career. I really don't like Maybe some of I don't have, like maybe my catalog isn't the most congruent, but I don't have any regrets. Like all the artistic choices I've made were just artistic choices, and some of them really worked, and some of them didn't. But as far as like things I did and people I opened for, like I wish I would have done the Shadé tour because she's an all-time favorite of mine,
0: and obviously
1: John Prine. So yeah. The greatest well, I, thrill of my life was opening up for John Prine.
0: I didn't know who John Prine was until he passed away and you mentioned him to me and he he passed away in the we we say it again, quote unquote during COVID, but it was in the throes of it. It was in the yeah, I mean, like he the, died of COVID. The, the 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 darkest days and uh man his um what was the song that came out, right? at after he passed away or, or right before, right at the end. Um, was it Boundless Love? I mean, I
1: know no. it was the- um, Hang on, I'll tell you in a second. Because I don't
0: remember the singles that
1: came out off of that
0: record. or if Oh there my God, it ones. was such a good tune. Uh, well, first of all, Clay Pigeons is a really fucking cool tune. It's a Blaze Foley song. Yes, and you had told me that when I, had, uh, when I told you about it. And by the way, Philadelphia's own Ben
1: Dickey, who- uh, was one of my homies playing open mics with, starred in the film Blaze, about Blaze Foley. If anybody wants to watch an incredible biopic about an incredible songwriter, go watch Blaze. It's on Netflix.
0: Man, what is this song called? It was something about, man. Wait, hold on, Now, now it's gonna drive me crazy until I see it, hold on. No. Yeah, maybe it's on the tree of forgiveness. Yes, it is called, oh, you're talking about, this is not good podcasting right now.
1: Yeah, why does everybody care? Who cares? Just
0: you said Boundless Love, it. but it's
1: not, it was uh, not Boundless love, love. Boundless Love so much. No, I know the song you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, but you're going to have to come up with titles. I don't know
0: those. Mm. Okay. All right, next, uh next song, which Sixer would make the best elementary school teacher and why?
1: <laughs> the most ridiculous question I've ever been asked. By the way, have you seen Abbott elementary? Everybody tells me to watch it. I've never seen it.
0: Everyone tells me to watch it as well. And I've never seen it as well. Okay. Um, I hardly watch any shows. The yeah. only shows I watch are my wife and I will agree on a show to watch uh, and I'll watch it and she tries to pick out something that I would like, but I have never seen Abbott Elementary.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I have, I'd probably just have to say Maxi because he just seems very nice.
0: Somebody mentioned Tobias. Tobias would be a good elementary school teacher. I oh, I man. He's oh. like, it's too, he's, he, first of all, he's gigantic. I remember everything. I remember everything. Incredible. Can I play a, a bit of that? Do you mind? Me? Yeah. No, you could play John Prine songs for the okay. next two hours,
1: and I would just sit. All there. right. There
0: we go. I've been down this road before. I remember every tree, every single blade of grass holds a special place for me. And I remember every town in every hotel room and every song I ever sang On a guitar out of tin I remember everything Things I can't forget The way you turned and smiled on me On the night that we first met This song um, reminded me a little bit of when Johnny Cash covered "Hurt," Uh, you know, at that point in his life, and uh, you just feel you feel every every word that he's singing in that song. That you feel it. It's a great tune.
1: He's he's the greatest. And uh, I had a I'm going to grab this poster. I'll show you because I keep it right next to me. Um, So I did this show where I opened up for John in New Orleans, which is where I just got back from. Really uh, what cool a, poster. What
0: a cool poster. Amazing
1: yeah. poster. Um, shout out to my friend Hollis who got that for me. But um, I opened up for him that night. And the coolest thing about John was at the end of the show, like every artist has like an after show meal or something on their rider. His after show meal was sausage pizza. And a giant bowl of Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> 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 and uh, I was opening up the show and like, I was probably getting kind of crunk um, during his set. Cause I opened the show and um, like some nights I'd opened up a few shows for him. Some nights he would bring me up and do this song called paradise. And sometimes he wouldn't, but uh, I was backstage and I was like, I'm fucking hungry. I just had like a bunch of beers. I'm eating a piece of that goddamn pizza. <laughs> and i ate a piece of it and he called me up and uh he we're we're just sitting there like like before the song i was like he let me play his guitar and i'm like just tuning up or whatever and he uh he comes up to me and he's like you smell like my pizza <laughs> <laughs> and i was like motherfucker and after the show my friends were like dude what did he say to you and i was like He said, "I smelled like his pizza because I did. (laughs) (laughs) Because you did smell (laughs) it. He was the greatest. Like that's exactly kind of who he was. Like always, entirely observant, very wry, but always kind. Like it was the the deep kind of part of him that was kind. That was an amazing inspiration.
0: His early. I was listening to like maybe it was a live record. I, I don't remember what it was, but like an early record. He was definitely like funny." too he's very funny but he uses it like very sparingly yeah
1: and he also uses like he's got a very like conversational thing about him but he also had this like he can turn on a dime and get very like like there's a line in his song like called naked like the eyes of a clown and he just turns on a dime and gets very abstract and then goes right back into this, like, I'm just your buddy singing songs, but I also know what the fuck I'm doing. Right. And uh, just, he's the greatest, the greatest, a real, a, a true, a real loss, a real loss, but an incredible gift to the, to
0: the planet that we have his songs. Some more AMA questions for Mike. <clears throat> Can we expect a follow-up? released to the song Me and Kyrie. <laughs> uh no, at this point I think that's pretty done.
1: Um I mean, we all knew that he was going to go off the rails in a worse way, but you know, fuck man. It's man a talk it's about- a real bummer.
0: Yeah, you can You could imagine that song aging in a weird way, but somehow Kyrie like turned it up to 11. Yeah. yeah. Tony's like,
1: dude, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to cuddle.
0: <laughs> Still one of the greatest moments in the history of the pod. Tony T singing William beer, Kyrie. Would you rather fight a basketball sized B ball Paul or a B ball Paul? Wait, would you rather fight a Tyrese Maxi sized B ball Paul or a B ball Paul sized T- Tyrese Maxi?
1: Uh, God, I don't know how. See, the thing about fighting people is. You wanna fight the smaller one. No, but you never know who is gonna fuck you up. Right. right? Like sometimes you, like this is the thing you learn in Philly. If you fuck with the wrong person, you are in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) And it's quick. And that's why like people come to visit and they're like, everybody's so nice. I'm like, yes, they are. Don't fuck with anybody. Yeah. Like if you fuck with anybody, you're probably gonna get into a fight. I'm just letting you know right now. It may not happen, But chances are.
0: Um, From Zach, are we still right? (laughs) Oh, God. Zach, we are. We are right. We
1: are right in our own way for each other. But obviously, like, this whole thing went so fucking wrong. Yeah. Went so wrong. And we, we knew the fucking problem, dude. You know, those bozos who came in, by the way, shout out to Howard (laughs) (laughs) Esken.
0: Do you know, we found out on the last pod, I don't know if you're up to it yet, that, I don't know if you saw this, but when my, my parents had a dog that passed away, rest in peace, Jack, um, Ben Simmons tweeted at my father.
1: I've heard that. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, that was very nice of him. Jack and Joe told me that Howard no longer criticizes Ben Simmons publicly. Well, good. (laughs) That's, That's enough. Dude, if somebody's like, a lot. Is, it's you a know, lot. it's a also like
1: guy. what, like as a thing to wrap your head around, it's like, he
0: follows your dad on Twitter? I don't even think he follows him. What was he doing? I He's very online. He's a millennial. He's a Zoomer, maybe even. Yeah, but
1: dude, like, what is he looking at? Yeah. How does he get to Howard Eskin's Twitter page? That's how you know
0: he sees everything. God,
1: that's yeah. sad. See this, if you're looking, if you... For the people out there in the world, if you're looking at a reason to not be online, there it is. (laughs) That is the fucking case study. Get the fuck offline and just do your shit. Do something that you really fucking believe in and are passionate about. And put your fucking heart into it. And live and die on the court or live and die on the stage and do what you're going to do. But like,
0: you can't fill that space up with that bullshit. Uh, what is your favorite small Philly venue to play in? You can say all time. Oh,
1: the Tin Angel yeah. was the greatest. Um, yeah. The Fire was also huge for me. The Point was great for me.
0: Yeah.
1: North by Northwest back in the day was really great. What um, is
0: North by Northwest?
1: I was a place in Germantown. We would play every Tuesday night. Um, I mean, when I first started, we, we would literally, I should get, Every time I say the word literally, I want somebody to just come and punch me in the face. We would play anywhere that they would let us play. Monday nights, it would be the fire. Tuesday nights, it would be north by northwest. Wednesday nights, it would be at North Third in the corner of
0: the bar. It would seriously just be anywhere. We would play anywhere. So the fire was on Girard in between basically Northern Liberties and Fishtown, right? Isn't that where yeah, the fire fourth was?
1: Yeah, 4th and Girard. It was yeah. next
0: to the firehouse on Girard. And then um, what's the, the first one you mentioned was in Old City? Um, the Tin Angel, yeah. Tin second, Angel was 2nd and City. Chestnut. Well, Chestnut between 2nd and 3rd.
1: But uh, I worked there. I bartended there. It was the greatest, dude. Like There are great venues now in town, but I'm partial to that time and those... like. Those spaces were really special. Um, Ortlieb's back in the day was like incredible, like a great, gra- a great jazz spot. I mean, I'm old, heading myself right now, but it's just the truth. Those places were the shit. I know a lot of people like Johnny Brenda's, and, and shout out to Johnny Brenda's for staying alive and staying open. Shout out to Union Transfer to all the Live Nation folks. Like, I, I just have nothing but like admiration for the independent venues and just for everyone in the music industry for like pushing through the last couple of years and, and getting to a place where we're, we're out and playing again and the venues are still there. Rest in peace, boot and saddle, but they're gonna be coming back.
0: I'll make this the last one. It feels, it feels, uh, feels ap- apropos. From Tighten Up 9370 can you do an entire concert in the Tony T voice and have Vallone's uh, Deli, f- world famous soft pretzel water be the only beverage served at the show?
1: You know, possibly yes, I would say I would say that that is very possible. It would be all covers uh it would probably be done in the form of karaoke um but yeah, I think we could probably we could do a private Ricky show of uh Tony T doing the karaoke with uh, Tommy from down the shore and uh you know donate the proceeds to uh the 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 dog the dogs and the,
0: and the good and the good. Uh, boys and girls of the world. All right. Actually, two more, both from Twitter, uh, because I did mostly Reddit. This one, Amos, I've been two of your concerts, the one this year at Red Rocks and one in Orlando. Both times I've screamed go birds at the top of my lungs. Yeah, I I heard you. Okay. (laughs) 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 And he wants to know if you uh, enjoy it or if it annoys you. No, I love it. It's great. No, dude, like this is...
1: Anybody who comes to my show, I am I appreciate you. I mean, obviously, I don't want you yelling it between every single song, but, like, once a show, cool. Even twice. Fuck it. Fine.
0: Uh,
1: actually. Next time, you, they'll yell Big Dick Nick, though. I would like that better.
0: You do have your Big Dick Nick uh, tie-dye. Do you still have that T-shirt? Do you remember course. that one? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Actually, what? Two more. One more. This one is, Amos, how do you square being a respected musician and being friends with a psychotic limp biscuit supporter like Spike? Isn't that like a hop bartender being pals with a guy that insists Mountain Dew and vodka is the best cocktail?
1: Wow. That's a long ass sentence with a lot of words. Uh, a lot of judging. I mean, Spike is a music lover and he likes my music so i square it that way
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good school, good way to square it and finally um which song do you prefer 109876ers or fly eagles fly
1: fly eagles fly ah oh, thank god oh yeah i mean it's not even it's not even a question for me like i, I hate 109876 i don't even really like fly eagles fly yeah uh, it's just sort of hilarious because it's so weird. Like all these like amped up, super aggro folks who are pretty lit up and like ready to just fucking destroy things go into this weird marching song. Fly, <laughs> eagles, fly. It's like going back in a 1950s commercial.
0: How do you feel about the birds? You got to be.
1: Uh, I, uh. I, honestly... I think I cashed out with the big dick Nick Super Bowl. Like I'm Oh really? I'm, I'm good. I don't even care anymore, dude. I'm cashed out. I'm just like I'm like uh you know, Paul Newman in in uh what was the the follow up to the hustler? Um fuck. He's like the old guy who's playing with Tom Cruise. I forget. I forget. The color mm-hmm. of money. The color, the color of, money. of
0: money. That's right.
1: I'm like Paul Newman and the color of money. I'm like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck, dude. Like Whatever. I don't give a shit anymore. I went to watch the Super Bowl and Nick Foles beat Tom Brady. Yeah. I don't fucking need anything else. I'm a simple man. If the, if the Eagles win, great. Kelsey's the shit. I will always root for Jason Kelsey. I will always root for BG. I love those dudes. I'm happy for Jalen Hurts. I feel like he's like a super like powerful cat um into him but i don't give a shit honestly like fucking go undefeated i don't care i'm happy like they could be three and five and i'd be fine i'd just be like whatever the yeah. birds the birds to me are like a thing i just enjoy generally even when they're bad the Sixers I don't like unless they're tanking. <laughs> I only I only want to see the Sixers tank. I'm I'm done. I don't even care if they win the championship. I'll be happier if they tank again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Tony T that suggested they just need to do the process one or two or one three or two more times.
1: Just a couple more times, yeah. you know.
0: It, it would be worth it. Um, I appreciate you coming on, man, sitting in for Mike. We're where is Mike anyway? Is it just mysterious? We're not allowed to say. Are we allowed to say? Yeah, hey, you don't have to
1: say. I, f- I he, figured he and CJ were doing a uh, Dukes of Hazard remake or something like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just a good old boys, never mean it no harm. Normally, I would say uh, probably mysterious, but he did tweet where he was at. Oh, so he's in Memphis filming a- Oh, cool. Uh, doing a, a, re, a, are we allowed to say he's in Memphis? Okay, cool. For, for, for work. For work, for work. probably yeah. For okay, of I mean I know what
1: he works on, so um, yeah. cool. Memphis is a great town. Uh, if if Mike, I doubt you're listening to this, but if you are, definitely go to the Stacks Museum. Definitely <laughs> go to the Sun Museum. Like to the, go to Graceland for fucking sure. And uh, if you want a cup of coffee, come back. Coffee is a great spot.
0: You are a coffee guy. I'm a, a coffee guy. Yeah, uh, and and you are. Uh, you're formally. We are taking a trip to San Antonio and Austin to see Brett Brown. You I know are, it's you're fucking invited. awesome. You,
1: I love you that. Should come along. I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, I wonder if they're gonna like just get like. You should just do a bunch of like mushrooms on the bus.
0: <laughs> We're not gonna do that. <laughs> um, My ideal comes out next week, next Friday, the 18th. Um, AmosLee.com, and uh, I appreciate you, man. Oh, 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 fucking thank God All right <laughs> I gotta do it I love that you put the mic up to his mouth
1: Yeah, what's up, asshole?
0: <laughs> Tony T Is this coming off right? Yeah, no, it's better, yeah <laughs> Who's the fucking hot guy? CJ, you mean? Yeah <laughs> <laughs> CJ, you can pop up, man We can see you What's up, man? <laughs> yo, come closer. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get my water. I'm a little nervous. Uh, yo, Tony, what have you been up to, man? Partying, man. Yeah? Partying. Yeah. Going down
1: Wildwood off season. That's my shit. Wildwood even in the fall?
0: Off-season, dude. Oh, off-season. You don't listen to fucking nobody. Well, All wait a minute. Season. Off Wh- season. What is it? What is off season for you? I don't understand. October, okay, until March. Mores
1: Mariners just hang out down there. Local okay. bars, cook, clean, you
0: know. So jerk off season off. for baseball, jerk off. <laughs> you ever
1: watch YouTube?
0: Yeah, I have. I you have. Ever jerk off looking at YouTube? No, not no, one time. I, <laughs> CJ, off the screen, knows he has a full-time job, (laughs) jumps off the screen (laughs) immediately. Uh, Tony T, I don't know if you heard, the last time you were on the pod, you were talking about meeting Kyrie Irving and you sang a song with him. I guess you guys were going to write a children's book. It hasn't, uh, it's gone sort of sideways for him recently. Yeah, I have a statement about that. Hold on. Okay.
1: I regret to inform you that my relationship with Kyrie is terminated. Oh, his views on lots of things in the world are bad, and I don't like him no more. That's it. And the movie ain't gonna get made.
0: (laughs) Oh man! Well, I'm I'm psyched to see you. What did you? uh, You must have been thrilled about the Phillies' run. You're a big, uh, big baseball fan, if I remember correctly. I don't really watch
1: baseball no more because okay. Chase Utley was the only reason I watched it.
0: Oh yeah, I remember he one of those. Like he's like
1: seventy-five years old now, too. Yeah, gr- to
0: him. He's all gray.
1: He got rich and was like, "Fucking, I'm going all the way monopoly mean." Yeah,
0: I remember listening to a Hoagie Hour podcast that you did with Tommy from Down the Shore. You guys talking about Chase Utley? Never made, never made, uh, never made public. Listening, that Tommy long.
1: Tommy likes him too, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. You guys are big fans, I think oh, you would yeah. say. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Where'd CJ go?
0: <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> he wants no parts of this. He's still young. He has a career. He has a career, uh, Tony. He has a career to worry about right now. All right. Well, look, man, I appreciate you having me on. <laughs>
1: Wait, no, you got to go up higher. Nah, it's it's not. (laughs) Something going on down there right now It's not healthy looking.
0: Oh, really? You have a rash or something?
1: I don't know what it is. Okay. You ever seen like
0: a burn victim? (laughs) I have. I have seen a burn victim. You should get that checked out. Nah, it'll cure itself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it in vinegar every day. You put... You put your 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 private parts in vinegar.
1: Yeah, just for like an hour.
0: (laughs) So to be clear, just to reset where we are here, your your private parts look like a burn victim and Freddy (laughs) Krueger. And instead of going to the doctor or getting medication, you put it in vinegar for an hour every day.
1: Yeah, read it on the internet. <laughs> Dr. Oz told me that, man.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. So so nothing for you until March, then?
1: Just a Mar- mariner's pier, bro. Yeah. Sitting We're- on an empty roller coaster,
0: love. Yeah. Have you been in any relationships recently? If you, yeah. you
1: know, here and there, yeah, mostly online.
0: Online relationships. Yeah, are you on you any know. of those apps? Or are you on like Bumble Tumblr? Or? Tumblr, a dating app? Tumblr.
1: Yeah, right. That's what it is, right? Tumblr. I,
0: I didn't. I didn't know Tumblr was still around, and I don't think it's a dating app. I think it's a blog site. Oh, hold on, uh, let me check my phone.
1: Yeah. Bumble? Yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, hold on. Yeah, Tumblr. It's <laughs> fans only. Um, i don't know all
0: of them. I'm on all of them, dude. Yeah. I don't get in relationships, bro. I just like do shit, you know? How do you make money? How do you like pay the bills? Personal question, bro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You look like you get... I'll tell you this, Tony. You look like you're healthy. You look like you're getting a lot of sun. Um... You're obviously, it's the middle of November. You're not wearing a shirt still, but uh, I'm glad that you're doing well, man.
1: Yo, dude, look, I'm keeping it real. I appreciate you. Podcast is always good. I don't listen to it, but he puts it on in the kitchen, so I can't help but hear it, you know? Yeah, Amos does. Yeah, and then whoever else is in this place. Who else is there? I don't know. You got like seven or eight maids that come in and out.
0: Um. Well, it's great t- to see you. I'm sorry about the rash. Hey, buddy, you looking for CJ one one more time? Yeah.
1: Where is he? <laughs> Pause my screen for a second.
0: Okay, take his, sc- his screen off. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. I gotta be careful. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, with what I'm affiliated with and such, I think he's back. There he is. Uh, Sorry, CJ. I don't. He's
1: got fucking problems,
0: man. Yeah, no worries, no worries. The quickness with CJ went off the screen.
1: God bless. Sorry, CJ. I didn't mean to put you in a position there with him. He doesn't. He don't know how to act. No, he certainly doesn't. Um, It's great to have you on the pod, man. Thanks for having me. You guys yeah. are great. CJ, you're doing a great job, man. That that intro video is killer.
0: Oh yeah, it only took him six extra months to get it. it on. It. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're happy with it. With you. All right. Later, buddy. You, man. You Be well. well. I yeah. Then
1: I won't fuck with you. I don't know how to
0: log out. If you don't fuck with me, then, then I, won't I won't
1: fuck with
0: you. you. If you don't fuck with me, then, then I, won't I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me... I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thank you for